to 10 metres and suckers the goal. I know what you're thinking, listeners. Another episode so soon after the last one? Well, you've been so supportive of us and our podcast over the course of 2018. Consider this a Christmas bonus. Over the next hour, we'll scour the internet for the most obscure Christmas gifts for diehard Hawks fans. Plus, as promised, our long-awaited review of Sam Mitchell's autobiography, Relentless. Let's get this Christmas party started. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, can you believe we're just a few sleeps away now from AFL Xmas? It feels like Christmas. The numbers have been announced. The list is up. The AGM's happened. And nothing's happening. (laughs) Yeah. That's the end of it. That's the end of the year as far as the club's concerned. Although, you know, Hawks Nest are making it rain. <laughs> they are. They've, well, they've had some good deals on. Their problem is there's no new merch, really, is there? No, no. They've got the Stratton cap, which we touched on in our other episode. <laughs> yes. But other than that, it's not much fresh material. No, no, no new gear available for the fans, really. Do you think that's a girlfriend gift, the Stratton cap? How do you mean? Well, every... Do you buy it for the girlfriend or the girlfriend buys it for you? No, no, you buy it for the girlfriend. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Every year, I like to think that I can give a boomerang gift. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it just comes straight back and... And you think you're pretty safe and secure in the knowledge this will come back to you if you do Yeah, that buy. won't be used. <laughs> yeah, okay. That... It's a hard one to re-gift. That'll definitely be it? mint when it gets back, unless it gets chucked at me. It'll be like, you know, you'll have the reaction of when you walk through a cobweb. <laughs> what? <laughs> With all the the lovely flowing stratton locks getting thrown back in your face, you're like, ah, God. Wow, that's fairly visual. Now. <laughs> well, it's the theatre of the minds, Tiz. I like to take people on a journey for the Hawk Talk podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad journey. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a bit harrowing, I do admit that. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh... I noticed the Hawthorne gnome with lights out the front. <laughs> out the just front of my guiding place. Santa on his way. I do not think so. That is something I've not partaken in. Thank you very much. <laughs> what portrait are you trying to paint for listeners? I just have lots of hawks tat just around the place. I mean, I have some, sure, but not the kind you're thinking. Mate, I've never seen a Christmas tree with that many Hawthorne baubles on it. Almost the entire thing's covered. Yeah, those are available on Hawk's Nest. Yeah. But, I mean, apart from that, I mean, they've got the the new range of Adidas gear, but that's that's really about it. What do you think of the nerd socks? Are you into them? The nerd socks. Uh, you want to describe them for the listeners? In what way are they nerdy for a start? I don't know. It's like a caricature of Ruffy and I think Cyril is the other one. Yeah. Might be a Tom Mitchell one going around. Yes, there is with the Brownlow medal. Yeah, yeah and they just... They're, they're, ca- they're cartoony socks. You of, just put your feet inside them and walk around. Yeah. I that's don't, that's I, what socks are. I'm not sure how they're nerdy at all. Haven't done wonders with the brands there. Mind you, the ugly collection is pretty obvious. That's pretty on point. Yep. Yeah. The ugly sweater and mm-hmm. what else? Do they have an ugly scarf, ugly beanie? Yeah, there was, there, there was a deal. A couple of ugly things for like 20 bucks less. It was an ugly deal as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Does anything really appeal to you on Hawks Nest at the moment? This is the problem that Hawks fans face. I just I think there was a really good day uh, where basically you could buy a lot of really annoying gifts. Yeah, day five, the musical product pack. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. You get a musical pen, which we've spoken about before. Oh, you love the musical pen. Yeah, You're a big fan. People do not expect <laughs> that if you click the top, the nib doesn't come down. You've got to turn it. But if you click the top, Hawthorne's theme song comes on. Yeah, and people almost always fall for it. They can't resist the click. Well, apparently, and I've never seen this, the musical mug. Does the musical, how does that work? What, you pick it up and it plays the song? You fill it up and it plays the song? Maybe you have to tilt it. How does that go in the wash? How do you put that? (laughs) You never wash it. Never wash it. It's like a premiership cup. The outside's brown and gold and the inside's brown and gold by the end. (laughs) Tea-stained, yes. (laughs) Uh, And then to go with that, you've got the musical bottle opener. Okay, so every time... You put it; it makes contact with the lid. Yes, it the, is the cap. Yeah, yeah it, it plays a song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you okay. can you complete the circuit. Complete the circuit. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly it. So uh, that was only twenty dollars down from. A couple <laughs> of these are sold out, you know. Just to keep listeners updated, you've accidentally zoomed in on the entire page. It was down from and thirty-eight. Everything, everything that was size ten is now size seventy-two. <laughs> Was 38, now 20. Now, that's a bargain. And Look, those are unbelievably annoying. I don't take issue with the prices. It's the range. Like, all they've updated is the Adidas gear and the, and the Guernseys. And that's it, it feels like the same stuff they've always done. The other thing done. is, with the Adidas, mm. when they do come out with a really good product, mm. they only have one go at it. Yeah. Like, and it's done. Yeah, that's right. So that uh, Kokoda Guernsey. Yeah. Never seen them again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why they go for $200 on eBay. Mate, that Power Ranger Guernsey, I'm still keen to have one. I've missed my shot, it seems you, like. I, I don't think I'm so. About I, th- I think you'll be right there. <laughs> you there's plenty still kicking around in the back of the cupboard. At yeah, somewhere. Glen Ferry, you know that one they shut down? Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Remember how you used to go in there and yeah, things no. would be mispriced? It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I'm four years too late. If I really wanted one of those Guernseys, wasn't it 2015? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to the beach in your Hawthorne togs? I have a Hawthorne towel. Oh, which which grand final? Uh, it's actually a generic one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Because, I mean, with Hawthorne, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. See, yeah, the club's I that went successful. early, got the 2013. Yeah, so you don't want to do that. The, so you had to know... I got the back-to-back. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's, yeah but it's, I can use them now, and the three-peat sits on the wall. <laughs> I see. All right. So I think I, think I will get that, uh, you know, support a cure for uh, prostate cancer. Yeah, the Stratton cat. Yep, and then, of course, it's the charity, so that'll get it under the radar with the girlfriend, and uh, it'll be good. So, I think that is the best of a pretty average bunch on Hawk's Nest. It's forced me to go onto eBay to look for alternatives, because I know our, our listeners, tis the season, uh, pun intended, of course, tis. Oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they'll be looking for gifts for the diehard Hawks fans in their life as well, you know, family members, friends, and so forth. So uh, if they can't find anything on Hawk's Nest, maybe they well, can find something... Well, they've bought it in previous years. Well, that's right. Maybe they can find something on eBay, because I've sourced a few things from eBay that might be of interest. So is this AFL licensed merch that you... Some of it is. Okay. Some of it isn't. It's just not held by... No, it just happens to be on eBay. Okay. That's all. Uh, the Hard Way, original poster. The it's original a post- poster? It's a poster advertising the book The Hard Way. It's described as vintage and rare. That goes for $26 right now. Why would I want a poster of a book? <laughs> I was wondering when you would ask that. I don't know. I think it was just promotional material. If that's what you're into, it's a it, well, it's a piece of commemorative merch. If you like, I, the book. I haven't got a man cave yet. But that would be the first thing in. No, it would not be the first thing. <laughs> hey, what? did we bugger up our calendar again this year? I'm just having a quick look. Anyone left the club that's in the calendar? 
<laughs> Burton. Oh, Cyril. Yeah, think, he think... gets a full page. And so does Burton. Yeah, I knew Burton did. How about that? It's two months. Oh, hang on. Let me just work it out. I think that's March and, oh, Burton's in September. Well, why are you making plans in September, Tiz? We know where we're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but when we get to October, we've got Sicily. So there we are. Hey, there we go. Back on board. Uh, what about this for your man cave? <laughs> Since you have a man cave all of a sudden. No, no, I want one. Oh, you want one? Yes, okay. it's an well, aspirational man cave. An aspirational... Much like the Kennedy Center. Maybe I'll call it the Kennedy Man Cave. Or the Kennedy Cave. That's much better. See, alliteration. There you go. Right now, though, it's an AMC. An aspirational man cave. <laughs> Don't what a- you start something. <laughs> Do you want to hear my uh, five-year strategic plan for your man cave? <laughs> well, I've got a plan for you already. I've got one thing that you can put in there. A garden toucan <sighs> with, <laughs> with solar light-up eyes and bird noise. What so, the hell does that have to do with Hawthorne? What's well, in Hawthorne Colours. Oh, okay. Great. Isn't that enough for you? Does it actually acknowledge that it's in Hawthorne Colours? Yeah. Okay. Acknowledge. It's not sentient, is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want it to do? Oh, I meant the listing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What well, a Hawthorne toucan. It's all clubs. It comes in all club colours. Some bloke has bought a whole lot of metal toucans. Yeah. And he's just trying to flog them anyway he knows how. Some bloke. I think this is official AFL licensed. It's not. I'm pretty sure it is. Have you got a photo of it? I'll upload it to Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. <laughs> okay? So you check it out. In fact, if I find if I manage to trace all pictures of these, I'll put them all up on Twitter this and is, Facebook and stuff. See, this is what happens. Only fools and horses, but now online. That's what it is. <laughs> what about this one? AFL Hawthorne darts. These yeah, are these uh, are officially licensed as well. Yeah. Well, that needs licensing. Yep. A set of three traditional English brass darts. <laughs> it's an official licensed product. Twenty three ninety five. That one. Yep. That sounds good. Yep. And you oh, can that also... can go in the man cave, obviously. Well, you need a dartboard as well, right? Yeah, but I don't want a Hawthorne-themed dartboard. I feel this is where it could fall down rather rapidly. Are you sure? Because this is it's an AFL-licensed dartboard in yeah. Hawks colours for $99. But I don't want to be chucking darts at Hawthorne. Well, you're not. no, you're not chucking them at the players. You just It's just a target. That goes against Clarko's thing, you know. As soon as he got to the club, he said, don't put the Guernseys on the ground. Never let the Guernsey touch the ground. Never let the oh, colours right. touch the ground. Respect the colours. Respect the colours. And you're chucking darts at it. Well, Clarko would just go apeshit. Do you reckon you can give it to Connor Nash so he can hit a target finally? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Gee whiz. Coming, <laughs> coming for Connor. I can't go for Langers anymore. He's not with the club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I love Nash. I love the game, not the odds. Um, <laughs> darts are not exclusively betting. You know that. Anyway. Why uh, else would you watch? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that farting thing that happened with the darts? No, oh, this is fantastic. If any of you haven't heard about this, type in farting and darts, mm. and there is a controversy that happened in a final mm. uh, where there was a rather rank odour mm. from the wherever they have their competition. And both of the competitors blamed it on the other participant, okay, saying that each, well, well, that he was trying to put me off Okay, yeah. by that yeah. vulgar smell, mm. and neither of them would own up to it. Mm. The only other bloke present was the, like, the official. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't, he had nothing to say. Well, who detected it? They both detected it. Well, they both dealt it. <laughs> it's just a very, just a very funny interview to have. <laughs> it is. At the and 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 so serious, and then it sort of it seems unprecedented. It wouldn't happen in any other sport, would it? 
what other? Well, I mean, we've had Hopawada in the rugby. That was, you know. Well, it never happened out in the AFL field. One of our players had a piss. Was that Lekas? What? Yeah, one of them. One On of the them, field? Yeah. No. In the huddle at the quarter No time. way. Absolutely. Rubbish. Absolutely. What do I have to And pad- he got cited. Do I have to pad this out now while you look it up? Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> well, we could just cut this bit. No, no, I won't be doing that. It's just more work for me. Uh, how about this next item? AFL licensed billiard product. Full 15 ball set. All right, so you've got billiard balls, seven team logo balls, seven coloured balls, one Premiership Cup eight ball. That's fitting, isn't it? The eight balls are the special one, the Premiership Cup. $169. Could be all yours for 160 That seems steep, doesn't it? 169 that is a lot. I mean, how much do billiard balls cost? It doesn't seem like they should be that much. I don't care if they're Hawthorne or not. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like they just put Hawthorne on it and they expect you to buy it. I think that happens more than we know. So the but... last one I've found is for Sola, who peed in a cup during an AB <laughs> Challenge game. But uh, I ca- I'm pretty sure one of our That's blokes a different did. kind of NAB Challenge. <laughs> Another AFL urination scan. Oh, this is big footy, so... Are you doing this in an incognito window or? No. Just in your search history until. Oh, here we go. Hawthorne forward Mark Williams was reported in a VFL match yesterday for urinating on the ground. What? Yep. Mark Williams? Yeah. That was 06. So, yeah, it's happened a few times. Public urination. Well, AFL players are mad for it, apparently. Fantastic <laughs> subject for a Christmas pod. Now, <laughs> season's greetings, everyone. Now we move on to the Hawthorne Twin Bell alarm clock. It plays the team song when it goes off, and it doubles as a money box as well. So I like that. I like, can you set an alarm clock for September 2019? That's well, when I want to hear the song. Actually, what did I have that was Hawthorne when I was a kid? I just had footies and things and the, and say the footy lot, cards lot, and... What else? I don't know, mate. It's your life. I can't really think of. Yeah, what, can... what did you have? I had all different stuff. Footies of different teams. How did you? Yeah, I accumulated all sorts of AFL merch. I had sticker books and all sorts oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, the sticker, sticker books. They were all right. Yeah, with like the holographic logo cards. Uh, stickers, sorry. They used to get so dog-eared going around oh, in your backpack. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, while I was researching Hawk's Nest. <laughs> researching. <laughs> You know, for gifts. Yeah. I thought, what do Man United do? Mm. Do they have better gifts? Do they have better merch? You tell me. I wouldn't know. Paul Smith designs for Man United. But, I mean, they're still not that great. But what they do do is they have personalized jumpers where you can put your name on, which I kind of liked. The AFL store did that. Do they? Well, I don't know if they do it now, but you could do that. You rock up to an AFL store. They had, like, a computer terminal out the front. Get tiz out on it. Yeah. <laughs> what number do you get? Number one's back. Oh, I could get the nine or the 23. Tim O'Brien's number. I like your thinking. Eh. <laughs> what about this? Hawthorne Hawks baby dummy. fourteen ninety five for all the nuffies. So you can spit it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. AFL 2019 long sleeve fishing polo t-shirt. Yeah, if we're going to go through the clothing, I'm out. This is the one image that is non-negotiable for me to upload to our social media pages, Tiz. This fishing polo t-shirt, and it's not just Hawthorne, this is across all clubs. So fishing implies loads, way too many pockets, right? I want you to imagine a Hawthorne polo, like with, with 
a fierce dedication to our team colours. So, fierce. Oh, oh, it's not just like solid brown. It's like golden brown. Just It's not as bad as the 97 uh, training suit, is it? I don't think. I think this has to be worse because the finishing touch, the cherry on top on this polo t-shirt, this fishing polo t-shirt, is a giant fish. What? That is like a photographed fish. A trout from, or something? Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know my okay. marine life, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> mid-flop, let's say. It's gasping for air. Oh, like. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So it is Delightful. one of the most hideous things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it is that case for all of the clubs, but it looks especially bad with Hawthorne. <laughs> you got to be careful with our colours. You do. You do. You have to be... I mean, that's where we have to give Hawks Nest props. With the merch they do have, they use it quite sensibly, I feel. Like, Melbourne's merchandise should look a lot better. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's the last one. That's the last eBay find I've got. But I think the gift that is the go-to gift for this Christmas season, I think we have to agree to is, is Sam Mitchell's autobiography. Yeah, it's been out a while now. It has been out a while. We've been meaning to talk about it for some time. I think we launch into our review. Do you reckon? What else do you... Do Has you everyone have... had a chance to read it yet? Or? <laughs> well, they don't have long because we're about to do it. So unless they hit pause, <laughs> have a quick skim through. I know. I think Ross finished it yesterday, just in time. Ah, on Twitter. brilliant. There you go. All right. You good? Let's get into the legend that is Sammy Mitchell, now back at the club. And I get a feeling that he's going to be involved in Hawthorne for much of his life. It does seem that way, yeah, with his return to the club now. Mentoring uh, one Jimmy Warple. That was a sight to behold, that photo. Good photo. And also, I think he's being mentored. Yes, yeah, it does seem that way. By Clarko. Yep, he could very well uh, succeed Clarko. And what I like about it is there seems to be a bit of duality there. I think they've both got the personality and the Mm -hmm. uh, gravitas to stare each other down. I think so, yep. They had their certain conflicts and disagreements throughout their career, mm. throughout throughout Mitchell's career, which is detailed in the book. Uh, interesting to note how the book starts. We, I mean, we won't go into too many spoilers. We still want people to enjoy the book, but um, the book starts rather alarmingly. Yeah. And I, I do quite like I it. I thought it was a good hook. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, Mitchell's considering leaving Hawthorne. Now, was that public knowledge? Was that common knowledge for Hawks fans? Because I feel like I missed that. I don't think it was public knowledge, no. We we knew he was going through a very, very difficult time. There were rumours about how ill his wife and child might be, mm. and children, sorry, mm. might be. But uh, we never had any real idea, and that's because the club protected him quite a lot, didn't they? Yeah, and he does... The way he talks about it, Mitchell, is um, it's very much a 50-50 proposition. Like, he, he it's a flip of a coin thing for him. That's how close he reckons he was to leaving the club. Yeah, well, he was very much out of sorts. He'd had the possibly the worst year of his life. Yeah. Basically, that's how the book begins. He bears yeah. it all, and you understand that he's a bloke who, who uh, considered everything in that moment and chose to remain and, and push through all mm. that pain to the glory that he finally achieved without the captaincy. So he tried yeah. to balance... The family, his commitments to the club and to his teammates. 
it puts and I think in, he did it well. It puts into perspective as well after such a tough year and wrestling with that decision too. Perhaps how, how well he performed too. Well, well, that, but also how heartbreaking 2012 must have been. He would have thought he was on the precipice of glory and it all coming home to roost, but it wasn't to be that year. He had to hold out just that little bit longer and fight that little bit harder. Well, he got to... robbed twice in a week, didn't he, Nick? From the Monday night and then the Saturday. <laughs> yeah, well, yep, that's fair enough. There are some funny things to do with the uh, incident scandal. It just It's just a completely recurring thing. I hope it doesn't mar this whole... Oh, I guess it will, won't it? It'll, be to- it'll totally mar this whole period. In football history, no autobiographies will be able to be written without reference to it. Yeah, it was all-consuming, really. It dictated a lot. It's just such a black spot on the... Eh, whatever. It's a blot. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. I look back at those years and just go, that's where we thrived, so makes me feel pretty good. Oh, it's not like they weren't on the landscape. I mean, they nearly made finals a couple of those years. No, they were still on the landscape, but uh, yeah, we did more than just exist, Tiz. Yeah, I know. We thrived. Yes, we did. <laughs> and so did Sam. But it's interesting, the, the Essendon thing, as you so rightly point out, is a recurring theme in the book. It's not dominant, but it's a thing that he constantly revisits. Is and this he grudge uses it to make some fairly assertive gestures towards the <laughs> yeah. code. Yeah. The whole code. I think so, yeah. I mean... And what it means to be a sportsman. Yeah. He's very passionate about that. I get the feeling that, as you said, gesture, it would have recalled in people's minds the uh, the <laughs> shot in the arm yeah. that, that he mimed. But Which, you know... Does, does he a, regret that? No. He doesn't. Let's be clear about that. He doesn't. <laughs> I mean, the story around that, how like it was media managed... That night he apologised, didn't he? He did, because he was taken aside after the game. And he was basically informed. Who took him aside? I can't remember her name. Okay. But she's like, she heads up like, you know, the PR side of things. At Hawthorne? Yeah. 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 And instantly took him aside and was like, hey, this might be a thing. So we need to this talk about it. This might be a thing. It's just blown up beyond yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It would have been, as far as her department's concerned, it would have been panic stations a bit. You'd have to believe. Uh, well, you'd know what you had to do. It'd only be panic if, if Mitchell was like, nah, I'm going with it. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm staying there. But in, yeah, but until you talk to him, you, you don't know if okay. that's going to be the case yeah, or not. all right. Yeah. No, they would have known what to have done, but they need Mitchell to fall into line, which you just don't know. You don't know if that's going to be... How seriously did he mean it? You just don't know until you talk to him. Was it a joke or is it a hill that he's willing to die on? You don't know. As it turns out, recurring theme through the book, he really hates Essendon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it all... And it ste- all stems from one... <laughs> it all stems from a Little League game. I love this. The previous year, wasn't it? I think, yeah. Something he played like the... on the MCG the previous year and another kid got best on ground and got a little um, medallion from Carlton. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then the next year... He's in Essendon colours, mm. and he is quite clearly best on. Yeah, is awarded best on, no medal. <laughs> and that's where it started. Yeah, and he actually notes that in the book. That's probably where my hatred of Essendon began. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, <laughs> that is outstanding. I love that. That's a great arc. <laughs> it is, and it it keeps on recurring. He has a bit to say about. Uh, I mean, you know, we touched upon in a sense the doping scandal with that gesture, but he has a bit to say around. Who's at fault and who's to blame? And he he doesn't hold back in that. 
he's very clear about who he thinks is implicated in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are we going to... I won't spoil I want people no. to read that bit. I want people to see what they think. Okay, let's rewind a bit and, and go and go for more of a, more of a broad approach. Well, what makes this really good reading is hmm. much of the book is devoted to the struggle to actually play for Hawthorne in the first place. Yes. It is the story of a guy who, for a long, long time, was fighting to prove himself. And it seems like even when he did at certain junctions, he was still underestimated and undervalued, and it, it frustrated the hell out of him. Is this, uh, are you talking about Dixon at Vic Metro, the bloke who basically singled him out and said, uh, you're a selfish player? Well, that's part of his story, yeah. I think that's only one. He had very, it seems to be very few people that uh, believed in him. Yeah. One of them was uh, yeah. Del Rimple, who managed the list for the, for the Western Bulldogs Premiership, put that together, and uh, he also got mentoring from Diesel. Yeah, that's right, which he would go on to try and shake that tag. He, it, it would come around to revisit him and, you know, he'd get the constant comparisons to Williams and he ended up taking the attitude, which I think I like this attitude of his, where Mitchell's like, well, I don't, I don't want to be Greg Williams. I want to be Sam Mitchell. I want to be in his shadow. Yeah, which yeah. I think you'd have to admit by the end he accomplished that because now in the present day as we watch football – how many times do we hear commentators go, oh, yeah, he's very... Did you see those draft reports? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a prime example. It was example. a bloke that was much like Cyril, but also like Adam Goods. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Must be incredible. Yeah. Well, that's a, a Brownlow medalist who can take <laughs> screamers and do the impossible every week. It's a one-man team. That's what that is. Sorry, a, a dual Brownlow medalist. It is a one-man team. <laughs> That's an incredible all-time best player in the entire league in the history of the game. Anyway, yeah, we but we can't help doing that. Oh well, it's 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 a cognitive shortcut. We like to just label people. It's like, oh, how does he play? And it's like, oh, easy reference point. You ever seen Sam Mitchell? Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. It's just it's easier to just make the comparison. And by the end, we didn't need to talk about. Mitchell is as Diesel anymore. We just talk about Mitchell as Mitchell. Yeah, but if you have a look at Scrimshaw, mm. Birchall, come yeah, on. Yeah. He looks exactly like him. <laughs> yeah, okay. It yeah. is ridiculous. It's like he's possessed. I'm mm. not sure. You're talking about playing style rather than... Oh, playing style is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it does work in some occasions. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it didn't help Mitchell, that comparison, because they just perceived him as too slow. And... and Greg Williams was just an out-and-out freak and also a very, very hard worker. Mm. And we're not talking a decade after Diesel's departed the game. Mm. Uh, but they've already forgotten how good he was or how much he could impact a game. And then Sammy comes along and they all overlook him. And he yep. he still re he says, I love how honest he is about missing out on the draft. Mm. He's absolutely filthy. He is, yeah. And then he gets a lifeline to the uh, Box Hill Hawks. That's the other thing about Mitchell. He, he, a lot of this frustration about getting to where he wanted to go, it, it's a weird line to toe, but he does it very well in the book where I think you still like him. He doesn't come across as unlikable. Well, he's frustrated. You can understand his point well, of view. But he feels entitled to it. He feels like he works hard and he has the talent. Yep. And he can kick and, both sides. Yep. Oh, and the dedication to doing that and really, like, being a skilled, uh, you know, student of the game. And I kind of just... want to see his trick kicks. 
that he didn't bring out yeah. on the footy field. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to know what he can like do. Like he deliberately challenged himself to do these ridiculous kicks just yeah. for the sake of it. Yeah, it's it's brilliant stuff. But he um he got to a place where through his heart his his work ethic bred entitlement. And well, he talks about it in a different way. He sort of it's a confidence wall mm. that he builds up, mm. and a, and athletes build all these things up. They they think to themselves, all right, I've done this. I've done also done this. I've got done all this work. When I go out there, I can be confident that I'm not going to be exposed. Yeah. And so he builds that up during his entire time at Box Hill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he that the uh, confidence wall is something that frequently pops up. Like that particular phrase is something he returns to time and time again. And uh, yeah, but you, it, that you, gives you a really good look inside the mindset of an athlete. Yeah, and this is a point that I found. Mitchell doesn't seem like your, your typical example of an AFL footballer. Am I crazy for saying that? Like, he seems to have an intellect about him that seems to surpass most players as far as I can see. He has a determination to see everything through, and that includes mm. thought lines. Yeah. So an argument he may have had or someone references a book and he reads the whole thing. Can you imagine dealing with this man? <laughs> he has a good grasp on how he's difficult as well. That's what comes up. That, I, that... I, I imagine he's been told, Nick. I'm pretty sure he, <laughs> he would well, have been informed. How many coaches has he had? I mean, I, I'm sure he has been told. <laughs> um, Did you ever realise that it was between Spider Everett and Vandenberg for the captaincy? That was new to me. Yeah. No, that... Rather scary. <laughs> yeah, I think they went the right way with yeah, that one. Yeah, they definitely did. Now, what, what I wanted to say uh, just on that point before was... You know, Mitchell, by his own admission, he says, My competitive nature, which had no filter, no matter the score, the occasion, or the moment. <laughs> and he said, he describes himself as one of those kids you either loved or hated. Right. Which is the sort of, like, candid assessment of his younger self, which I really appreciate. Well, he drove that kind of reaction in opposition fans, but you've got to remember he's only suspended once. Is that right? Oh, that's right, he was, yeah. yeah. So it's absolutely ridiculous that the media came for him on those occasions when he raised his knee on Taylor Walker. Oh, yes. <sighs> Who could forget? Who could forget Taylor Walker being exposed for the uh, miscreant he is on grand final day? That was fantastic. <laughs> or imposter, I should say. Being exposed as the imposter he is on grand final day. <laughs> anyway, so he finally gets onto the list, along with Hodgie in the same draft. Mm. As uh, McFarlane and Crow head the other way, head out the door, I should say. Yep. And uh, he does mention that uh, McFarlane is one of the most underappreciated AFL footballers of all time. Mm. Oh, I mean, of that period. Of that period, yep. Yeah. So imagine what we could have had. Anyway, it's always swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Mm. I like how he talks about how religious he and his family was when he was growing up. He read the Bible cover to cover, and then you can see that he uses that as a sort of, uh, I don't know, a model for for how to learn about football. He dedicates himself to learning the rules that Vic Metro impart to them so they can't kick across goal, never do a short kick um, ahead of centre, mm. all these kind of things. So he kind of adapted it into like his own set of commandments as far well, as the... Well, in a way. Well, he has that structure there in his mind. Yeah. And he just um, recreates that for his own purposes yeah, it was like, it was in like, another area. It's like the the Bible provided its own blueprints of what discipline meant. Yeah. 
and he was able to take that blueprint somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And it meant, having imbibed it, those rules in that way about how he should act under pressure, that when pressure did come, he was ready for it and he acted quickly. Which makes a- sense. According because... to those, which is basically what Clarko ended up doing. Yeah. Through repetition, they knew where each other would be going. Yeah, and his his ability to almost like just stop time and just know yeah. where to go and what he was doing and just as well, cool he, as he you famously like. Talks about, he talks about that famously great last passage of play against Sydney where Cyril kicks the bomb. From outside 50, yes, you were yes, at the ground. Yeah, Cyril's birthday, yep. <laughs> and uh, just kicking it out of midair, Gunston and Smith being in the just, right spot. It was just a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Like, there was no other way it could have gone. The there was way no other way to was... win, I don't think. Well, that's right, yeah. It was at the death, so. But he manages, like, there, there are some players, I'm thinking of Buckley now, who are highly competitive, elite, mm. but they don't bring other players with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm. Mitchell seems to be able to do, or he, later on in his career, he definitely works out a way to be able to pull players along with him. He learns and develops as a leader. Yeah. Um, Without the captaincy more than with. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's that's something to his credit as well, is the book really charts his continual progress. No matter at what stage of, of his career he's at, he seems to be learning more and more. And indeed, as you yourself are reading the book, there are little interludes of, you know, themed lessons he has. He, yeah. you know, Bits where you go, oh, shit, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he dedicates like three pages on, say, leadership. Yeah. Uh, like another three or four pages on diet. Um, so titled as well. They're like little segments. They're just standalone. And uh, I think that's, that's pretty good to have, really. Yeah, it... Uh... Again, I can't help but think it's a form of discipline to be able to break it down into topics. Well, I think go, he's trying to um, invite the reader to carry on this kind of... He doesn't want to keep it to himself. Everything yeah. he's learnt, he doesn't feel a need to keep that to himself. He wants people to better themselves as well. And I think that's part and parcel of what he does with those chapters. And it's his role now, <laughs> going into the future. He, By the end of the book, he absolutely has a yearning to coach. He always has a sort of simmering interest, but then it really begins to bubble away uh, to a boil, like at the end of the book. And now, now he's at Hawthorne, and I love it. I love this is a guy who's doing what he wants to do, and it's and it's Sam Mitchell. Yeah, sign him up. Yeah. It's, it seems weird to me now that anyone was going, oh nah, let him go to Carlton for a year or two. No, bring him back home. <laughs> I love that Sam Mitchell's home, and that photo again with Warple. And now Warple's got the number five. Just, yeah, but it's I still all it. up to Warple, isn't it? I mean, even oh, if, it is, it yeah. is. But as we know, with with Hawthorne, uh, it doesn't hurt to have good people around you. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> it is interesting his relationship with Hodgie, though, mm. because Hodgie's the anointed one. Yeah, and yet he he goes out drinking for the first couple of years and hangs out with the wrong crowd, and mm. it, Sammy doesn't say it, but. You sort of get the impression that he was a bit angry with Hodge. Mitchell is, I wouldn't call him a goody two-shoes, but again, that, that word again is discipline. And when he talks about dating uh, is it Lyndall, yeah. his wife, when they first met, he, oh, was, he was very self-conscious of the fact that, you know, they would go out on dates and he would have the caveat of, 
I need I, to be home by 9.30. I've got to go to bed. I've got to have this specific meal. Yep. I've got to do this. I've got to hit these marks. And that just and he seems talks to about be... that being selfish and that's what he needed to do to be yeah, at the top oh, of his yeah. game. Yeah, he, he, yeah, just for more clarification on that, Mitchell accepts that he's acting absolutely in his own interest. He accepts that his behaviour is very much directed well, and, at serving himself. And eventually her interest, of course. Oh, yeah, that changes over time. Um, but, yeah, even right down to, you know, there's so much routine about his life. The, well, that's the, what the, I the, the religious thing that that's... you mentioned as well, getting, you know, if he was interstate and they happen to be staying at a hotel where, um, say, there might not be a copy of the Bible in his room. You get it sent He would up. have one sent up because it was his pre, that's, like... that just sounded to me like a, a meditative state that he would almost, embrace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like a uh, the night before a match. He'd a always switch off. Yeah, he'd read a couple of chapters of the Bible, and I think you're right. It was a sort of meditative routine to uh, to get to a good but place. What I loved was his realization. I think he spent the night in hospital before a game, and he got almost next to no sleep. It was entirely out of character for him, and he still played well the next day. And he realized mm. that he didn't need that routine. Yeah, and that freed him up a great deal. I feel like. The shackles came off him then, and he began to think about how he played in a much more different and and sort of more logical way, mm. rather than all these uh, ideas that you know he had to have the right undies on and all these superstitions. He, he was he actually started identifying the factors that really changed how he performed. He would have been a difficult person at times, like we're we've already in a in a sense touched upon this, but. Um, well, he said about Jack Russell, he said you could. he didn't just fix our bodies, he fixed our minds as well. Mm. He would walk in there and he'd have self-doubt or a doubt about an injury or that mm. he could run out of game. And Jack Russell would just, uh, and Sam acknowledges that he doesn't know whether he was lying or not, mm. but he'd leave the room confident that he could perform on the weekend. Shame he's not at the club anymore, really, isn't it? I'm sure other people weren't that. Like, but there'll be yeah. other clubs devoting entire departments yeah. to getting that out of their players. Yep. Sports psychologists, definitely a thing. Yeah. And he doesn't have a psychology degree, Jack. Yeah, that that makes it all the more remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, broadly speaking, you know, we, we've talked about Luke Hodge a bit. Um, we've done one of these reviews before. Obviously oh, you want for... to com- compare and contrast? Yeah, I do. Because Luke Hodge's book... Um, well, you didn't get... Anywhere near the intimacy of relationships within the club's four walls in Hodge's book, as far as I'm concerned. I would say more broadly than that, in general. I like. I feel like Luke Hodge's book lacked a bit of substance. It was a really complacent recap of his career. It right really on. just All right. scratched the surface. Okay. He's in Brisbane, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Uh, and he's only on light and easy. What's he going to wow. do? Uh, <laughs> it really dared to go deeper Hodges book and I feel like Mitchell's relentless is the complete contrast of that this is a guy who relishes talking about the details but one is uh, a bloke reaching the expectations of the many and the other one is a bloke telling the many to get stuffed and realizing his own <laughs> expectations yeah Mitchell and I think one is always going to be the much better read oh the arc of it the the narrative of of Mitchell's career is much more interesting, and the, you know, and some, that is what's going to make him a great coach. It is. He's a guy who, 
you know, he's burdened by the the his expectation there is a quote in the book it's really on the tip of my tongue i'm not i'm not i'll stuff it up if i try and quote it but his his strive to be the best he can be is a blessing and a curse as far as he's concerned what about when he finishes 2008 grand final not happy with his performance no no he uh he didn't perform at his best and then he gets to 2000 doesn't he just know it and then he gets to 2012 yeah shot at redemption Performs a little better, yep. but he makes critical errors, mm. which he acknowledges. Yep. Then 13 comes and he's faced with Crowley. Yeah. Incredible, really. That is, he, the, the nemesis, really. Mm. And uh, I love that we know how it ends. I like books where you know how it ends. One thing I really appreciated about this as well, which I know some people will disagree on, these kind of victories, Mitchell writes with full acknowledgement that we've been there. We've done it. We're on the sidelines as spectators and we saw it play out. We've perused through every second, every minute of these games as fans and we, and we Watched, get it. Rewatched. Yeah, we understand. Rewinded certain We're, sections. All these articles have been written about these games. The, the lore and the legend of it is there if we want to access it. And to that end, he doesn't labor on it too long. He's like, I know you understand this. Because yeah. he presumes most people reading the this book, and also he Hawks doesn't fans. try to recapture it. That's that's my point. That's absolutely part of it. He doesn't just recap it. He maybe devotes a paragraph at most to these big, big wins because he he understands it's not really the point. This is not the Sam Mitchell glory hour <laughs> or the Hawthorne glory hour. It's a it's a part of his story, but it's a part of the story that's been told, and that's something that. Luke Hodges' book, Overlooked. What did you think of Kennet in the way that Mitchell portrays him? I think it's very much in keeping with most people's impressions, isn't it? It wasn't anything radical to me. Early on, he seems this very vague figure that is keen to exert himself on the club. Yeah, but I think, again, that's... Mitchell's captain and he just tries to keep out of his way, basically. That's how I read it. I would agree with that. Yeah, Mitchell doesn't really have much to do with Kennett at that time. Yeah. He doesn't... <laughs> don't want to put words in his mouth or anything, but you kind of get the feeling he wasn't the biggest fan. I think he thought that he went over his limits, talked beyond himself a number of times, yep. especially the curse. Again, most people, I think, are in line with that with that declaration that you know, Kenneth's an outspoken man. carried away. This, yeah, yep. these aren't revelations, if this is his opinion. Hey, uh, how many people on the list turned up and were ready to go in 2009, Nick? <laughs> Sammy Mitchell and... <laughs> Who was the other one? I don't know. Was there another one? He was, But Sammy said I was ready to go, basically, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, because he was, he was doing <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. He was living like an alcohol-free, party-free, you know. Chip- he didn't have a Coke for 13 years. I heard Amazing. that at the AGM. Oh, there you go. But, uh, oh, look, it's a great book. It's it is. A- it's great. The only thing that could make it better is if uh, Sammy Mitchell performed it How on do you an mean? audio book. Audio book. I'd, I would listen to the hell out of that. That would be so good. And then he had lived every now and again. That would be good. Very interesting. Just to see how much more of a chip on his shoulder he has at certain points in his life. <laughs> Just to hear the intonation. I do not, look, I do not use that against him. I do, I, like, it's fine. I just think a, a lot of his story is about that. And doesn't it just... It, it brings about a miraculous career. Now, there was one bit that really confused me. Mm. I feel that he was not honest 
that high hit on Gary Ablett in the 2008 Grand Final. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he slipped in the tackle, in the tackling motion. Yep. Thought Ablett was going the other way or some bullshit excuse. Yeah. Uh, Nick? What do I think? Yes. <laughs> I think you know what I think. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not truthful. No, this, this, is, this is a man that was very frustrated with his performance that day and needed to do something about it. Uh, anyway, we're going to... I mean, this book will probably be rewritten or added to or... Yeah. First yep. of a couple, hopefully. I recommend it. Don't rush it at all. No, no, no. Definitely savor it. It's a good read. From I'm never bored. And again, that's a credit to he refuses to traipse over the 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 particular moments that we're already well acquainted with. He looks at the rest of his life, and it feels like no stone unturned for the rest of his life, which I think is fantastic. That's a credit to him. Uh, in terms of getting a copy of this book, obviously he can get one through the club, and the money will go to the club. That's great. Uh, you will be paying maybe about $15 more for that. So it's something to keep in mind. Me personally, uh, I got my copy from Kmart for like 24 bucks. They might not be in though in Kmart stores anymore, but if they are, that's probably the best price you're going to get, I imagine. Oh, you just reminded me because I was out at the club the other day. Mm-hmm. The Cyril Rioli book. Yes, yep. That's quite nice. It nice is. Nice coffee table book, that one. I was going to get you that. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is the bit where you tell me I've got a gift. That's right. I have a present to give and you. And where and I, I said tell I was... you that I haven't given you, I haven't got one for you to. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I do fine. not have it's... one for you yet. No, well, you got you got a bit of time till Christmas. Oh, no yeah. pressure. Absolutely. I won't hold it against you, but I, I've got a gift for you. Do I have you. to put that under the tree when I get home? Is that how that works? No, no, no. You can open it now. Open it live on the this pod. This is like the third thing we've had opened on the pod. Yeah, it is. Now, uh, you might have this, in which case... Give it back. I have the receipt. <laughs> so you can feel free to do whatever. And you can even... If you do have it, please announce on the pod. Okay. And please say what it is as well. Because listeners I'll need will. to know... I've done this before. Listeners need to know how much I've nailed the hell out of this, oh, whether wow. you have it or not. Footballistics. You already know what it is. You didn't even look at the cover. You knew what it was before you took off the wrapping. It's absolutely fantastic. Every every <laughs> list. <laughs> you, you do have it. I do have it, yeah. Oh, come on. Well, it's James Coventry's. Excellent. Uh, of course you're all over. You're a stats man. People know this listening to the pod. Yeah. Of course oh, you have this now, already. So this is, uh, this is an absolutely brilliant book. And um, so you would have noticed that in the, in the Herald Sun recently that... Uh, Tom Mitchell isn't rated mm. in the top 25, <laughs> things like that. The Brownlow medalist. The Brownlow medalist. Just to remind everyone, he's the best and fairest in the league. But this this takes apart all the different kind of stats and how clubs, especially Hawthorne, who were ahead of the curve here, uh, use statistics to nullify the opposition's advantages. Passage on the 2015 grand final in there, isn't there? Yeah. There is, and it's very early on. Yeah. So... Uh, Oh no, you haven't cracked it at all. No, no, no. There's n- no, I was. Uh, Did I was, you read it in the bookshop? And no, swap I read. It out? I, I actually read it online before I got it. Oh really? Yeah, and the bit that they had for preview was about the 2015 Grand Final. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm buying this for him. So on the back of this kind of thinking, uh, I noticed that uh, St Kilda are advertising for a stats man. Are they? Which is fantastic because they obviously yeah. haven't had one for a while. <laughs> And, no stats, uh, no need. Sydney recruited a uh, mathematician mm. 
to make sure that their recruiting officers weren't being biased in the way they were recruiting this year. Yeah, actually, yeah, I did read something about that, yeah. So this is the whole revolution, and uh, yeah. So it's James Coventry, and it's... Uh, well, it's not just him, it's a, it's a team okay. of writers. Well, the, the, the title of the book is Footballistics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a brilliant read. Yeah, so if you're into that stuff... Do you, you want to review this one? I'll pass on that. It's not really not really in my wheelhouse, <laughs> this stuff. It's uh no, it's not not up my alley. But if you're into this stuff, you're into the nitty gritty of stats and how they relate to our great game, then that's a good read. I think that's that's definitely a go to. That oh, is definitely a nerd gift. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, that's all right. Well, look, you do have it, but all that means is I chose well. Just yeah, a little absolutely. too well. Yeah. Too you can well. have the receipt, you can go to readings, you can pick out whatever you want. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy that. Thank you very much, Nick. I will uh, reciprocate with something you already have. <laughs> <laughs> Another Dipper book. <laughs> How many are there? I think there's only two. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, there's a third going around somewhere. Is there? There's a Dermy book that I can't get my hands on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, I look forward to seeing which past player's book I receive. We've still got Knight's book to go. I'll do it. Lee Matthews' yeah. book. Okay. Wow. Yeah, we've got a bit of ground to cover. Did Parker ever do one? I don't think so. Hutto? Might have to write these. If you've got suggestions for what books you'd like us to cover here on Hawk Talk Pod's Book Corner, uh, please hit us up at <laughs> Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter. That's here was I thinking we were past book reports when I left school. <laughs> at Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to go on Twitter to follow us. We're, uh, we're nearing 1,300 followers. If we could get that, well, maybe by the end of the year, who knows? Crazy things have happened. Jump on board. Uh, get all your diehard Hawks fans in your life over to the Hawk Talk Pod account on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Rate and review us on iTunes as well. Just uh, give us a bit of a search. You'll find us. And that's going to do us for the year. This is the final podcast for the year. So how are you spending Christmas? Probably watching Hawks DVDs. Really? No. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to have a hawk theme your whole time. What, with the gnome outside and all the other <laughs> stuff you made up? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Um, well, I'm still, you know, I, I haven't given up on our JB Hi-Fi sponsorship yet. You know I plugged that Legends DVD box set? The Yeah, there's two of those, isn't there? Uh, there might be. Yeah, there might be actually two of them. The one I'm looking at has, I think it's six discs. And if I can get that for a good price, again... Because um, I've I've seen it advertised pretty cheap once. If I can find that, do you have that cash cash register noise? Have... <laughs> I can I can edit it in now. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. Or how about that smashing windows that JV used the JV, to love? <laughs> they should be giving us kickbacks. I swear. No, I'll, I'll uh, if I manage to get it's that. It's cheaper on eBay. Just undercut them. Yeah. Okay. Well, screw you, JV Hi-Fi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I think I'll spend uh, I'll spend Christmas maybe watching some of those games. Yeah, because I've like it's the one time I'll get to. It's the one time of year I'm literally not doing anything. I'm not working, not doing anything. There's no podcast. We're wrapped up for the year. I'm not studying. Literally, do what I want. Let me throw it over to you. What are you doing for Christmas? Ah, uh, well, I'm still yet to put up the tree. Mm. So uh, that's got to be done. Make it feel like Christmas. And uh, then after, I usually pick up a book and just sit down and vegetate. Do you have footballistics? <laughs> yeah, well, I actually haven't finished it, so. Okay. Yeah, I'll get What's through right the there. rest of it later. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I usually head along to the G for one of the days. Oh, right, for the, for the test. Yeah. Yeah. 
watch Australia get killed by the Indians this year, I imagine. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, we're not any good, so good luck with that. And uh, what else? Oh, I cooked the pork on the barbie. That's my okay. role on Christmas Day. Right. And obviously lots and lots of presents that I unwrap, um, having wrapped them for myself the night before. You know, one of the greatest gifts that we've both received this year is um, the listenership. It's just been amazing. And uh, we'd like to wish all of our listeners a Merry Christmas and thank you for making it a wonderful year. It was a successful year for the club, but uh, I think it was a very successful year for us as well, basically. Yeah, we haven't really thought about stopping. <laughs> is that our measure of success? That is our measure of success, <laughs> yeah. No, look, we hope to make it even bigger and better next year. and We, ho- we hope you all stay with us and bring some more people with you as well. And we've got some board. fairly big plans. We do. We do. Are we going to keep that to ourselves for now? or? Uh, yeah. All okay. right. Well, we'll, just, we'll just leave that as much like your pork on Christmas Day, just sizzling away. <laughs> Let's just have that sizzle for the time being. It better crackle, I tell you. <laughs> the family won't be happy. <laughs> I, uh, I look forward to next year. I think Hawthorne's going to have a good year next year. I'm pretty optimistic. And uh, when are we going to be back to this? It's always really difficult to say. When does AFLX begin? <laughs> well, well, I think we've got to come back and tell them which inter- interstate trips we're doing and how we can expect Hawthorne to fare every round. When you say interstate trips, you mean you and I? Well, Are we touring? Well, I'm considering going to Adelaide for really? round one. Really? Because so was I. <laughs> we could go to Canberra. <laughs> we could go to Canberra, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. It's our, of course, Tassie's always there. Tassie is always there. <laughs> Who are we playing down there? Carlton. Are we going to Sydney this year? You're a big fan of going to Sydney. <laughs> Whenever I go up, we tend to win. I'm never going to Brisbane again. I can tell you that after this year. Well, I assure listeners we will work it out. and We'll let you know if we do head interstate. We'd love to meet up with you and have a drink. And even in Melbourne, we're, we're ha- we have plans. We have these designs to, to do a bit of a pub meetup and stuff like that. We want to get involved and want to meet you people and celebrate our great club. With I really all. want to do a quiz night, but Nick won't let me. That's not true. That's <laughs> literally the first time you've brought it up. <laughs> Clearly, we've got some discussing to do, listeners. Anyway, that's going to be us for the year. going to have a good night with Quizmas time. and he wouldn't <laughs> Quizmas let me do- time? Yeah. Jeez. All right, I can hear sleigh bells, Nick, so we better move along. Okay, well, I guess we He's better get going. He's on his way. Then. Hey, do you reckon Hawthorne are going to start delivering presents with the players this year? What do you mean? Well, I haven't got my membership yet, and I'm figuring that Jager Amir is just going to come around one day with my membership pack. There's a word for this. It's obsessed. Yeah, but... Or maybe it's stalker. Maybe, but... Actually, if he's coming it, to you, he's stalking you. Well, it does say expected date of arrival, 25th of December. So I'm expecting Clarko and a few of the boys turn up, sing carols. They can try the pork. I was going to say, what are you going to leave out for them? <laughs> Uh, wouldn't that be embarrassing? It did happen down in Glen Ferry a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, it did. I was going to say. Yeah, no. well, like, wouldn't that be embarrassing? I'm inclined to reply, yes, it would be, because I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how embarrassing it would be. Could be fun, though. <laughs> I'd enjoy that. You know, the greatest gift Hawthorne could give me is a premiership. Again? Well, it never gets old, does oh, it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that'll do us for this podcast. This has been the Hawk Talk podcast for 2018. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. We'll be back right in time for AFL Xmas <laughs> next year, 2019. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.